If you have your Bibles, please go to Exodus. We're going to the Old Testament. Exodus. Exodus chapter 3. If you don't have your Bible, we have the scripture on the screens. We're going to read, uh, I think it's about 10 verses, starting in uh, verse uh, 3. This is the the, the famous burning bush moment between uh, Moses and God. And so I'm going to read through this, um, starting in verse uh, verse 3. So Exodus chapter 3, that's the Old Testament, second book of the Bible, uh, starting in verse 3. And it says this. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange thing. But the bush does not, why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is, how, it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Today, we start a brand new series, and it's called Break Free. It's called Break Free. We're talking about, we are talking about this whole idea of our calling. So God has a calling on our life in the same way that he had a calling on Moses. He has a calling on on our lives. And so we are invited to walk with Christ into something that he has prepared beforehand for each of us to walk in. And so we're talking about the story of Israel, and we're talking about this whole idea of how Moses had to free the Israelites, and God called him to do that. And there's a, there's a parallel that I'm seeing between the calling of Moses and our personal calling to follow, to follow God. And so we are called to freedom. We are called to freedom, and we are called to set people free. And I want to talk a little bit about this today. Because the Christian freedom is, is a theme in the New Testament. If you've noticed that, freedom, like, like, like we are called to be, to be free. Galatians 5, 1 says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Now, I don't know about you, but when I, the way, and when I, when I thought about, about Christianity... Christianity to me wasn't really described in my mind or the way that I thought it as a life of freedom. 
To me, Christianity was, was a life of laws, a life of regulations, a, law, uh, you know, a life of behavior modification, of doing more, of trying harder. Like that was my understanding of what it meant to be a follower of Christ. It was all these rules that I had to follow. And if I followed those rules, then I would be approved by God. That was what my whole life was sort of reduced to as I tried to follow Christ. But as I said earlier, freedom is a theme in the New Testament. And there's a mistake that is often made, and I've talked about this before, and it's in our thinking. We have many times binary thinking. We have binary thinking in life, like it's either this or that, or it's either this or that in life. And we have binary thinking also when it comes to our walk with Christ. And what I mean by this is that we have two choices of how, how you know, it's really reduced to two things. Are we going to live a life of licentiousness, which is whatever, just do whatever we want to do, or are we going to, do, uh, we're going to live a life of, of slavery, which is basically doing uh, what someone else tells us to do? So which is it going to be? Is it going to be a life of licentiousness, or is it going to be a life of slavery, which is basically submitting to God's will and suffering through it? I can't tell you the amount of testimonies that I've heard of people who decided to walk with Christ. And so the people that decided to walk this, with Christ are like, well, my life used to be a life, you know, of licentiousness, which basically I could do whatever I want, like whatever I felt like doing, I just went and I did it, right? But then I had an encounter with Christ, and now I know I got to do all these things, so I have to live a life that I hate because I know that if I do what I really want to do, then at the end of that life, I'm going to have to pay for it on the other side, or I'm going to live a life that I absolutely, you know, hate. But then at the end of the day, you know, when this life is over, then I'm going to be able to enjoy my life. So it was either one or the other. Do what you hate now so you can do whatever you love later or do what you love now, but you will have to pay for it later. That's the kind of life that I, that I thought of. So it was a binary thinking when it came to following Christ. I've even heard people say, it's really interesting to me because they'll, they'll say something like, like, we come to church every Sunday, and I, have to, and I come to church every Sunday, and we're here, man, we're here every Sunday, and I'm serving in the church, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and I know other people that they just have, you know, Sunday fun day, and they can do whatever they want on Sunday, and they're enjoying their lives while we're here slaving away, coming to church, listening to a message every Sunday, and just kind of trying to do all these things in order to be approved by God. And I'm like, I feels like you really want to not be here. <laughs> like, and so it's really interesting because we have this mentality of we're going to live this life of slavery and doing everything that we hate so that we will receive the reward at the end of the day kind of white-knuckling your Christian life. And so I want, I want us to think about this a little bit. Because here's the thing, and I've preached about this a lot, is that God already earned the prize for us. Like we, it's hard to break this mentality because it doesn't really add up. That you don't have to do anything to receive your salvation. Well, no, because Christ already finished the work for us. So we are recipients of this prize that Jesus paid in full for us. And so we are called to live a life of freedom that was purchased by Jesus for us. And we're invited to live this life of freedom that has become available now that Jesus paid it all. And so I didn't, 
grow up, grow up really understanding that. But the problem is that now when we think about the price that Jesus paid for us, we think, okay, now I don't have to do anything because he purchased the salvation for me, which is true. But then the invitation today is to walk into that freedom. But in order to walk into that freedom, there is still a price to pay. But the price that you have to pay isn't a price that you have to pay to earn your salvation. The price that you have to pay is a price that you have to pay in order to walk in to the purpose that God established for you. There's a price. Because many people, they'll be like, I got baptized, you know, way back. And I'm just kind of like sitting, you know, and not really doing anything, kind of going through the motions. And you're wondering what this Christian life is really supposed to be about because many of us, it's about receiving the salvation, holding on to the salvation, being as good as possible during this life so that at the end of the, the day, we can go to heaven. We're missing a big part of it, a very important part, a part that Moses was being challenged to by God in walking into the purpose that he, he had. You see, there's this part of the verse um, that we just read that talks about this whole idea of being free in Christ. So Galatians 5.1, I just read it. It is for freedom, right? right? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and then do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So he set you free. He paid the price. You are now saved. But then there's this yoke that doesn't allow for us to walk into this freedom that is available for us. And so I want to talk about this yoke. What is this yoke? Because many of you feel it. You, you feel this yoke. Like you got the salvation, you're here, but there's this like thing that's like holding you, holding you back. What's this yoke? Well, it's sin. Basically, it's sin, you know? But I think that we have a misunderstanding of what sin is. I think that most of us, when we think about sin, it's just doing bad things. It's lying, it's stealing, right? It's all these, like, it's the bad things that we do, which is, which is essentially true. But it goes much deeper than that. You see, sin is not just the actions that are bad that you do and that I do. But sin literally is this whole idea of not using what you have for the purpose for which it was created. Does that make sense? And so, have you ever tried to, to screw a screw with a knife? I've, I've used this example before, Right? It's like it doesn't, I mean, it kind of works, but it doesn't really work that well, right? Why does it not work the way it should? Because that's not what it was created for. So the same is true for you and for me. Like, we weren't created for sin. Ephesians 2.10 says that we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And so we were created for generosity, not for greed. We are created for love, not for hate. We are created for fidelity, not for promiscuity. We were created to eat healthy, not for gluttony. We were created for humility, not pride. We were created for responsibility, not laziness. Now, Christ is the epitome of perfection. So he was sinless and he lived a perfect life. So we're called to follow Jesus fully in what he did. So not only did he not sin, but he fulfilled completely the purpose for which he was created. And the same is important for us to understand. You see, we're called to walk in Jesus' footsteps, not just in sinning as least as, as least as possible, but also responding to our calling. But crossing that border is hard. 
Crossing the border into your calling is, is hard because it takes unburdening yourself from this yoke of slavery. And many of you here, possibly, are slaves to anger. You're slaves to promiscuity. You're slaves to pride. You're slaves to gluttony. You're slaves to, to laziness. It's holding you back, these things. And you can't be generous until you unburden yourself from the yoke of greed. And you can't be a person that loves until you unyoke yourself from the burden of hate. And you can't be faithful until you have unburdened yourself from the yoke of promiscuity. You can't be eating healthy if you haven't let go of the yoke of gluttony and humility and responsibility. It goes, you know, you can go down, you can go down the line. But we don't like to do that because it's work. Like we, have to like, we have to like work at it to be able to walk into the purpose that God has and we have to let go of this yoke of slavery. But the problem is that many of us, we, we choose to live a purposeless life that is familiar because we know it. Like we're here and it's like kind of comfortable. Like I kind of like it like this. Rather than a purpose-filled life that is unknown. We, we prefer to play it safe. Like this is kind of... It's kind of vanilla right now in my life, but I would rather this than step into something unknown. But that's where your purpose is. It's out there. You see, we all like the idea of purpose, but, you know, that's why we love those movies. Like those movies that are like, man, these guys are just going here and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're risking everything and they're going through. But we like to watch those movies, you know, while we're eating ice cream, right? It's like... But there's something inside of us that we're like called to, to walk in this bigger life. And we don't do it because there's a price to pay. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Most people are unwilling to pay that price. You see, Moses was at, this, at a crossroads in his life. Moses was living a, a dream life in the house of Pharaoh. He, things were good. Like, like things were good. He had all of his needs met. It was great. But there was something in the back of his mind that was telling him that he needed to do more. And he discovered that his fellow Jews were being enslaved. He discovered that. And then in the back of his mind, he's like, man, I feel like I got to do something. I feel like I got to do something. But then there's this temptation. I might, you know what? It's pretty good here. Maybe I'll just kind of look the other way. I won't do anything. I won't want to rock the boat. So that temptation was there. Maybe that's how you feel today. Maybe you feel like, man, I know that there's something bigger out there. Like, I feel like God may be calling me to do something, but man, things are pretty good, pretty good right now. Things are at peace. Things are comfortable. You know, I don't know if I want to rock the boat, but if you're honest with yourself, you know there's something back to that same man. You were called for more. There is something inside of you that starts to be awakened. Even when I start speaking about these things, like, man, there's something there. There's something there. I feel like there might be more. But then you go back to the price. I know there's a price to pay. And you're like, I don't know if I want to pay that price or not. But here's the thing. The distance between where you are and, when you, and where you are destined to be probably lies in that price that you are unwilling to pay. So the distance between where you are now and where God called you to be is probably lies within that price that you are unwilling to pay. 
You see, this was Moses. He was comfortable, as I was saying before. But this, this voice in the back of his mind started sort of increasing. He's like, man, I got to do something. I got to do something. I got to do something. You know, the Jews, they're being enslaved. You know, I discovered that I'm also a Jew. These are part of my family. Like, what should I do? And then he walks out and does something stupid. He kills an Egyptian just out of rage in this moment. He kills an Egyptian that was, that was torturing another Jew. And then he runs off. And he escapes to Midian. He's there for 40 years. And then he started a new life there. Family, wife, 40 years he was there. But in the back of his mind, you know, it was like maybe he forgot about it. Maybe he's like, no, you know what? I think this is my thing now. I'm going to do my family thing. I'm going to play it safe. You know, I got my whole life set for me right here in Midian. But then there's the burning bush. And that moment where he looks over and he realizes, man, God is calling me. He's not going to let me go, you know? So the question for you today, and I want to I ask you that as we, as we go along. You know, there's a price to pay to walk into your purpose. There's a price. And maybe it's switching jobs. Maybe it's working harder. Maybe it's making a little bit less. Maybe it's taking a risk. Maybe it's giving something up. Maybe it's having a tough conversation. Maybe it's making some change. Maybe it's moving. I don't know what it is for you. But this is what Moses was going through right now. You see, maybe at some point you had a calling on your life. And then you did something and then it didn't work out for you. And now you have a whole different life. And you're looking back at what God did at one point in your life. You're like, man, that's kind of like a distant memory. I don't know if I'm called to this again. So I want to invite you today. Maybe God is speaking to your life right now. And this is sort of your burning bush moment. You're like, man, I think God's reawakening something in me that was kind of dormant here for a while. I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying for our church. You know, there's this burning bush moment for all of us. That's why it's sort of like an, an archetypal thing, the burning bush. It's like the, it's like the, uh, the, the, the tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil, right? It's like we all have this burning bush calling in our lives that we have to decide, are we going to respond to it or are we going to not listen and just kind of do our own safe thing? So I want to ask you that today. Will you listen and obey? If God is calling you, will you listen and obey? You see, the price of not doing anything with your calling seems low, but the price of regret is much larger. You know, God called, I believe, every single one of us here to do something specific. He, he, like, he created you the way that he created you. He gave you the gifts and talents that you have, the, the personality that you have. Like, he didn't make any mistakes, and he created you the way that he created you because he had something that he wanted to do through you that he was, doesn't want to do through anybody else, through you. So the question is not, do you have a purpose? The question is, do you know what it is? And if you do know what it is, are you willing to pay the price to walk into that purpose? Now, the pushback is fear, right? What if it doesn't work? What if I fail, you know? What if is it, is, is it really, this is really for me? What if it, is, is it, it isn't really God calling me to do this? This is precisely what Moses told God. So God came to Moses in the burning bush. And this moment is important because this is the, the moment where God articulates to Moses what his calling was. 
why he created Moses. And you may wonder, like Moses, who am I that you would call me to do this? You know, you may come up with all these excuses like, hey, I'm too young, or I'm too old, or I'm too uneducated, I'm not ready, I'm not smart enough, I'm not talented enough. You're like, I don't think God really wants to use me. I'm like, no, he does. He does. And we all have excuses. But here's the thing about Christianity. It's crazy. You guys, some of you guys know this. In Christianity, as followers of Jesus, our weaknesses are actually God's strengths. When we're weak in those areas that we're weak, that's better. It's like, I can't do this. Great. I don't want you to do this. I want to do it through you. And then God gets all the glory. That's the beautiful thing about following Christ. You're like, oh, I don't have this talent. Good. You don't have it. That, that, that's why my glory is going to manifest in your weaknesses. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So we, have, we don't have any excuses. You know, he's not waiting for a better version of you to use you. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. We've said that before. And God uses broken and sinful people. Because broken and sinful people is all that there is. So if you're like, no, no, I don't think I'm the right person, it's probably because you are. You see that story repeat itself over and over again in the scriptures. So I'm going to end with this. Um, you know, I don't, I can't, sometimes I have to pinch myself. Like, I can't believe I get to do this. Like, I love what I do. I love it. And at the same time, paradoxically, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. You may say, oh, he works once a week, right? He just preaches for an hour and then he's out, right? <laughs> okay, but it's a really hard hour, okay? <laughs> um, but honestly, it's, 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 it's such a joy. It's such a joy. There is nothing, there's nothing like being where you know God wants you to be. And we've talked about the price that we've had to pay. And it's been, it's been a hard journey for us as a, as a couple, as a family. You know, we've... we've We've sacrificed a lot. And I don't like to use myself as an example because I know many of you have as well. But if you can honestly say, yes, I know right now I am where God wants me to be, you know that there's no greater joy. But if you ask yourself also the next question, and you're like, wait, like, I'm not sure if I'm there or not, then we have work to do. And we have prices to pay. Again, this is not a matter of salvation. This is a question of purpose. Of purpose. Are you walking in the purpose of God? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. I'm going to ask if we could just kind of close our eyes here for a minute. I'm going to pray, and then we're going uh, to have communion. So maybe you're here today, and you're, you've heard this message, and this message, this message has resonated deeply with you. Maybe you're here today, and you're just wondering, you know, what's next? What should I do? And, and maybe there's some assumptions being made in your mind, like, oh, it's about becoming a pastor, or it's like a church thing. You know, I need to become a worship leader, or work at a church, or go into ministry, or become a missionary. I mean, it might be that, but, may, but, 
Probably not. You know, um, it could be something different. Starting a business, a nonprofit, teacher. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's staying exactly where you are, but just changing your focus. I don't know what it is, but I want to encourage you to respond, to obey. Like Moses, even though he had reasons to not do it, he had a speech impediment. But God is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to glorify myself through you. So I want to pray for you today. So Lord God, we thank you for this message. Thank you for your love. Thank you because you spoke to us today. Lord God, we are so grateful because you have, you have created a path for each one of us. And we recognize that sometimes that path isn't clear. But sometimes we do know exactly what our next step is. So I pray, God, that you'll speak to each person here this morning. And that you'll allow for them to not just hear your calling or identify your calling, but to respond positively to it. And I pray, God, that we'll also understand that there's a price to pay. Lord God, and we know that, that Jesus is the epitome of purpose and sinlessness. I pray, God, that we will model our lives after what Christ did. He lived a life of sacrifice, but he walked precisely in the purpose that you created him for. And I pray that as followers of Jesus, we will do the same. I pray that we won't have a, a misguided understanding of what it means to be a follower of you. That it's all great. There's a price to pay, but also that there's no greater joy than being in the center of your will. I pray, God, that you'll speak to each person here individually. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.